may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... After a month off, the view from the Ninian is back with our end of season pod extravaganza slash Euros preview. And in the words of Timberland and Aaliyah, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast to step to. But we're back. Ben Price is back. Ben, um, busy week for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. A lot going on. Go on, tell tell the people what's going on. Uh, Life now. And then with uh, the other stuff we do with Roger Stone, well, I do with Roger Stone, New Awake It Launched. Watched an AFC on Facebook. If you want to have a look at that bad boy of a kit, well, you've got to sell it better than that. Like, what's what's so special about the kit? Oh, the Club Tropicana Tiny Rebel Special, based Club on the tro- Club, Club. Oh, it's changed it. Yeah. Yeah. See. Oh, bad. Uh, anyway, Club <laughs> Tropic Club Tropicana shirt. Um, it it's in the design of the can, as I understand it. It is. Yeah, based off the can for the for the outfield shirt, and then it is a very nifty yellow away shirt as well. Mm. and both come in long sleeve which is a new feature compared to the first one so it's um yeah really exciting with that it's been a busy week but fun doing that as a man who's now in the football shirt trade and this is a question i've been wanting to ask someone in the football shirt trade for a long time why why have short sleeve shirts kind of become the norm when you could always buy long sleeve shirts and how much fabric per shirt extra does a long sleeve use it's just cheaper to produce that is the sole reason every club only does short sleeve now they don't sell enough long sleeve to justify mass producing long sleeve we're sort of yeah so i i sort of went through a phase of long sleeve as well but most people i think they probably sell 10 to 1 short sleeve to long sleeve and we're in the lucky position where we can do made to order so everything we do is a pre-order so we know exactly how many we've got and we don't over buy the uh long sleeve shirts and not sell enough well that's a great segue so where can people pre-order the shirt and how long have they got to pre-order it they have until june 20th and you can order it from tour-sport.co.uk or just go on Rochester AFC on Facebook or Rochester AFC on Twitter and click the link there and get all your amazing Rochester needs. Ah, lovely stuff. And Tom Phillips, will you be buying a Rochester shirt? And I know you're a big Rochester fan. A big fan. Um, you know, I got their last home kit. So I'm a I'm a long-sleeved outfield, short-sleeved goalie man. Um, oh, just a different. Yeah, so I might get the goalkeeper shirt. The yellow shirt is pretty smart, I must admit. In long sleeve or short sleeve? Short sleeve, as is a goalkeeper kit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah. Um, good to know. And you are down in Carmarthen because you attended the Wales-Albania game on Saturday. I did, um, yeah. How is sunny Carmarthen? It's very sunny. Not used to it, actually. Um, yeah. Very nice down here. Yeah, so pretended I went to go and see my family, but in reality I had somewhere to stay after the Wales-Albania game. Um, so, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we'll get to Wales a bit later, but obviously first we have to kind of round off the season with Cardiff City this year. Um, there is a game to talk about. We've been away for a month and we do have a game to talk about, which is the Rotherham game. Ended one all, Ben Price. Rounded off our season. Um, I suppose the big question is, were you disappointed that we scored so late on to keep Derby in the Championship? My friend's a Derby fan. He says Marlon Pack is due a hero's welcome in Derby. Nice to know he's liked somewhere. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke it's a joke um but we disappointed that, we disappointed that we we didn't we didn't allow derby to go down i was really pissed off i was really enjoying sort of hope the thought of sending wayne rooney to league one was like proper making my weekend for a season when not a lot's really happened like ended with sort of a whimper going out 
doing that, we could go on to being one of the most loved clubs of all time. And instead, we're classic Cardiff City and everyone hates us again because we just didn't do the job. And as let's be real, as with a lot of this season, Marlon Pack let us down, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Tom, um, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because in any other circumstances, we'd have, we'd have enjoyed a draw. But with everything that was going on, it was a mad last day of the season. I think was it Derby and Sheffield Wednesday kind of went back and forth with the result. And we could have just taken care of it by just not scoring that goal. Um, have you ever been disappointed with a Cardiff goal before? Like I, w- I went into the game thinking, you know, obviously I want Cardiff to win. I'm not that petty. I'm really not that petty. I really am that petty. Because <laughs> 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 I was watching the Derby game as well and like keeping an eye on our score. And yeah, I was a little bit gutted when I went in. But I've been promised 10 pints by a Derby fan to cash in at some point. So it so was silver linings and that. But yeah, I was absolutely gutted because it feels like, Derby are one of those teams that maybe could kick on at some point as well with a bit of invest. Well, I'm saying that, but they've been garbage for a while. But they've been yeah. garbage and and they're 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 taking and they're in turmoil. They're areas. really in the shit. Yeah, actually, yeah. I just don't like them. That's why I wanted them to go down. Actually, they're not a threat. Don't really like yeah. them. And rather than they seem nice enough. But no, I was gutted for them as well. They 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 I- seemed absolutely spewing because they thought they'd done enough and and we broke their hearts needlessly. But they were they were probably Ben, they were probably the better team on the day, weren't they, Rodham? They were the team who looked most likely to score for most of the game. They scored a very good goal. They I you know, I think I remember Dylan Phillips making a couple of good saves from from their attackers. I mean, it, it wasn't undeserved if they had won that game, right? To be fair, like the players did for eighty eight minutes, the Cardiff players did all they could to get Rotherham comfortable. Like Rotherham genuinely could have been four up and have no complaints. Yeah. They just decided to like any time we were giving them the ball, oh no, we don't want to score from this one, lads. It's all right. So realistically, they have only got themselves to blame. Like every player tried their hardest to give them a goal, but Christ, no, nah, they just didn't do it. It's their own fault. Uh, and and Tom Lewis Lewis Wings volley. Um, it was a great volley, wasn't it? Um, if you remember it, it was a month ago now. Yeah, it was a tidy little finish. Two good goals in that game, really. But yeah, I think Ben's right in terms of they had plenty of chances in that first half to put us to bed just didn't do it and it kind of felt inevitable that we'd get that goal in the end like they just didn't ki- didn't kill us off and yeah you could just sense I, I you I think you could see in some of the card of players faces that they they weren't too happy themselves the celebration was a bit like shru- oh, you know when you score against yeah. yeah when you score against your former team you're a bit like oh sorry lads <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean to that for that to happen sorry um, about relegating you boys my bad yeah. my bad uh, Every player and, uh, like, do you remember Dennis Law when he relegated Man City, uh, relegated Man yeah, United against Man yeah. City? Every City player looked like that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and I mean, obviously, the, the result actually meant the Wickham ended up finishing third bottom, uh, which was a bit of a turn up for the books for them. I think they were, you know, like when we went up to the Premier League, we were sure that we were going to finish bottom. They were sure to finish bottom of the championship, but they finished third bottom. So at least there was some niceness to come of it for a former Cardiff player at Gareth Ainsworth. And um, Tom, your prediction came true. Plucky eighth. What could I say? finish plucky eighth. Um, end, yeah. end, end of season. We'll, we'll run through it quickly. 46 games, 18 wins, 14 draw, draws, 14 losses. Goals for 66. Goals against 49. Um, ended up on 68 points. One off the, the very nice total that is 69. Um, ben, uh, you know, we, we talked about finishing plucky eighth. We talked about the playoffs. I mean, eighth seems fair. Seems fair for the season we had. Given that we were genuinely concerned January time, we were possibly looking to be in a relegation scrap. Yeah, I'll take eighth. 
gives us gives us a bit of it's a nice feeling finishing the top half you've got something to build on now and sort of push on again next year or in a few weeks so yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of those when it's, when, when, when does pre-season start i think the first game's been announced on the 20th of july right that gives um people like Kiefer more nine days after the final to to come home yeah, the fixtures against it's just it's kind of funny that the first game back for Cardiff fans is going to be Bath away or Forest Green away. Yeah, the, yeah, we're yeah. playing on the tenth, aren't we? The day yeah. we're playing on the day for the so Euros final. Kiefer Moore won't be there then. No, I, well, when <laughs> no, unless Paige sends him back early because he really doesn't fucking fancy him. God, yeah, that, that's something we'll get to later. Um, but but Tom, finishing eighth, um, you know, how do you feel about your prediction coming true? Do you, you know, have you got any more plans to predict anything else in the future? I'll let you know. I'm not going to, you know, let everything out of the bag now. But I think it was a good result in the end. Like like you said, we, we looked like we were genuinely close to relegation or being in like, well, we could have gone down at some point. But I think it's a good result. It shows what we can do when we put a run together when Mick first came in as well. Like there's groundwork there to build on. Um, and yeah, it's not overall that poor a season, is it? Like you see some of the other teams who are below us, the likes of Forest and people like that who really struggled. People like Stoke who kind of like threatened. They all spent quite a lot of money as well, didn't exactly, they? Exactly, exactly. And I think look, we, we kind of stabilised towards the end of the season. We gave ourselves a bit of false hope at one point as well. But, you know, at least it made it interesting with about four games left. But, you know, plenty to build on for next season, I think. And the building has begun. Um, look at that seamless segue into the transfer section Smooth. of the agenda. It's, it's like we've been doing this all season. Um, we, we've already signed one player, Ben. Uh, James Collins. Uh, sadly for us, not the original James Collins, but James Collins Mark II. Uh, Republic of Ireland international striker from Luton who... About 60 goals in 150-odd games, I think it was, for, for Luton. That's the kind of record off the top of my head. I could look it up. I'm not. Um, what do you make of that transfer? Um, my uncle was disappointed we signed a 40-year-old centre-back when he messaged me asking if it was James Collins. <laughs> that made me laugh. But um, I think it's a smart move. It's not going to... You're not going to get excited. You're not rushing out to get James Collins printed on the back of your shirt. But I think it's... Well, I pre-ordered so, mine. So. pre-ordered yours. <laughs> on the Rogerstone shirt as well. Yeah, the Rogerstone shirt. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's sensible business isn't it decent at championship level and the the, the ideal cover for Kiefer Moore because there's no way that bloke can run another season like he did without picking up a serious injury um especially if as he goes on to the finals of the Euros so yeah no I think it's a good move all around yeah um Tom his, his record from you know 2016 to now 20 goals for Crawley in League Two 19 again for uh, Luton in League Two, 25 in League One for Luton. In the last two seasons, he's, he's got double figures for Luton in the Championship, 14 and 10 goals. Um, it's, it's shrewd business, isn't it? It's, it's, it's what you'd expect from Mick McCarthy. Uh, a bit of a Championship, you know, lower league stalwart. He knows him very very well, gave him his um, his debut in Ireland, and, and he's come in for cheap on a free. I, I assume he's not on high wages. It kind of sets a tone for what you'd expect from Mick McCarthy, right? Yeah, it just makes sense all around. Like you said, he's coming in on a free. He's not going to be high wages. And I think I like... I like the fact that he's played with Mick McCarthy at Ireland as well. So he's seen something. He does like him. It's not a gamble at all. It's someone he's worked with. So um, I think it's very good business. One, it worries me a little bit in terms of, I hope it's not a replacement for more because um, we seem to be linked with a lot of forwards at the moment. I don't know whether we're kind of resigned to him leaving because it could, I, I'm, the more it goes on and the closer it gets to the Euros as well. Um, the, the I keep, I keep going to say more now because you pointed that out. The more I think more will leave. <laughs> so, any yeah. more mores? 
yeah, more, I, more, I, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? Yeah, more, more, but, more. But yeah, I do. I do worry that he might leave. But that is the well, pessimistic side of me. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Kiefer more then in relation to the rumours that have been a, a, around today. Obviously, we we had Mehmet Dalman talking about um, potentially that you know. I, I think we're in a position now when, when no bids are off the table, right? If if a, if a club comes in for any of our players at the moment, um, we're probably going to consider the bids. I'd say there's maybe one or two untouchable players, one of those being Sean Morrison, the other one maybe being Joe Rolls, just because he's the fabric of the club. But even then, that's... that's I, I don't think, you know, I think if we got five million for Joe Rolls, we'd probably sell him. Um, we were linked today with uh, Freddie Ladapo from uh, Rotherham. Apparently there's a big fee involved there. And Okpiezu um, from Wickham, about half a million quid. Um like you say, like like Tom said, Ben, I didn't see James Collins as a, a replacement for Keith or Moore. But if we're bringing in James Collins and another big striker, that kind of suggests that we may be considering selling Keith or Moore, right? Yeah, I think it's an sort of the club are prepared for that to possibly happen. There's been member Dalmas confirmed there's been interest in him from unnamed clubs. So like the club have got to prepare. It's good to see we're sort of on the ball with that and we've got the targets lined up if he does go. Like any club's going to want a look. Any team coming up to the Premier League is going to want to look at a striker that scored 20 plus goals in a team that's finished mid table. He's going to be an interesting prospect. He's 29. Cardiff have set their financial position out quite clearly that if the fee's right, they'll sell. He's going to be on most most teams' lists, and isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, of, of the players that have been mentioned, Ladapo and Piezu, do they excite you? Not particularly, no. You look at their records and... I, I think Ladapo was nine goals this season. Nine, and six. It was six. And, yeah, and it's just... Yeah, I get they're in struggling clubs, um, but I'm not sure. I think the Collins one makes more sense to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, these two don't really excite me. But then you've just got the classic names like Lafferty and Waghorn and stuff floating around. But <laughs> Yeah, Lafferty was mentioned it, today, wasn't he? It's probably yeah. just made up. Like, there's no doubt. Like, it's just the standard names. Like, like when we used to be linked to James Vaughan every three days. If I think it's just, it's the classic names that come through. But again, yeah, Waghorn, I take, but still, they're not someone you want to rely on as your main striker. Um, and I, I, I think I think everyone's for sale with us at the moment. It does worry me a little bit. I think, I that's why I'm glad we've got Mick McCarthy in and not someone like Harris now, because I think he is shrewd. He's been around the block. He knows how to work in, in the transfer market and on a shoestring budget like he did at Ipswich as well. So I think we've got a sensible head there that, that that can lead us into the season with a decent team. But I do worry that we could see it. Even the likes of Sean Morrison, I could see leaving if the right money comes in. I, the point you said about Mick being here, I think sort of helps in another way. I think if someone does come in for Kiefer, we're not going to get a repeat of, a repeat of the Callum Patterson incident. We're, we're selling for a fee that, let's be honest, was a joke. Mm. I know he didn't have the best season for Sheffield Wednesday, but... Um, Still one half, of the top scorers, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, half a million. Like seven or eight. Um, I think part of that is if if some stupid fee comes in, McCarthy's going to put a better argument across because he's just got more experience than saying, look, he's worth more than that to us if we keep hold of him, if he pushes us for playoffs and promotion. So, um, yeah, I think that works in our favour too. To your point about James Vaughan, uh, very sad to say we won't be signing him this summer. Uh, he has retired now. Yeah, I did I did see which that. Is, which is a shame. Um, he's I, only... Only 32, but he's been playing since he was 16. So it's quite a long time to be playing football. Um, and Carl Lafferty, 13 goals in 13 games for a relegated Kilmarnock. Uh, you can't argue with that record. Oh, you um, can. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> and they I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Ben, ben, the other players that have been linked in the last week, um, Nico Williams been linked on loan. Uh, apparently, he's interested. Uh, he's interesting Swansea and Barnsley as well. Um, I mean, you'd bite Liverpool's hand off for Nico Williams, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Christ, if you can get him on loan, get him a season of solid football, I think he'd do well in the Championship as well. But um, <laughs> then, where does Perry and G play? Uh, right back. What, you play Nico on the left? Yeah, is Nico Williams a left back? I don't know. Right I was back. getting confused. Is he right? Well, played Perry Edgy on the left then. Um, I always i i signed Nico Williams on FIFA for Cardiff, and he was very good. So um, take make of that what you will. Um, so that is Nico Williams confirmed then, yeah? Confirmed, mate. Confirmed. Yeah, I've done a negotiation myself with my little computer character. I've sat in the office, and um, we we came to a lovely agreement. And Nico Williams was very happy. Um, and perhaps the other the other surprise player, Tom. Um, the odds were slashed today from about ten to one to six to one um, on everyone's favourite player coming home, Gareth Bale, uh, coming back to Cardiff. Um, now I have reason to believe that him and Aaron Ramsey have uh, bought houses next to each other and have built a nine-hole golf course next to another nine-hole golf course. So I can only assume they're both coming home this summer, Tom. Yeah, I think it's already done. Um, that's. That's the mayhem or chaos that um, Gareth Bale is He's talking promised. about. Obviously, yeah, obviously, but it is so funny that people hyping that up, putting money on, so the odds come down and down. Yeah, and then going, oh, it's got to be happening. But could you imagine? I, I, I obviously, I think he's past it personally. But you know, <laughs> it's a good. He's good to have around the dressing room. But, he knows. You know. He knows how to win at the top level. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Could he do it in the championship? That's the thing, boys. Look, has he got the ability to do it in the championship? I'd get kicked to absolute shreds, wouldn't they? We're asking, <laughs> we're asking the real questions here. How old was How old was Bellamy when he came to Cardiff for the first oh, time? You can't he's slightly younger. That. Twenty-nine, That's, I think, when he when he came first one. Same though, is it? No, it isn't. It isn't the same. I just like I'm. I'm trying to consider the same arguments. Did people say that Bellamy wouldn't do it in the championship, and he did, and all that kind of stuff? So I'm just comparing the two. Yeah, fair enough. Um, can I just point? Can I just point out before I get tweets later? I am taking the piss. If Gareth Bale came to the championship, he'd do fantastic and rip it to shreds. Until his knees got ripped to shreds. But oh, go on. Yeah, just it, it's not going to happen. But Christ, it be why? nice. Why? Tell me why it's not going to happen, Ben. Well, I've got a friend that is currently in Baku, well, on the way to Baku with the FAW, and she messaged me saying there's more chance of Vincent Tan scoring a hat trick for Cardiff City on the opening day of the season than Gareth Bale being on the bench. Yeah, because he'd start. Oh, shit, yeah. Bale so would start. Confirmed. confirmed then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, confirmed. Jesus, man. Um, you know, talking about the players that are coming in, obviously we, we, we've still got a squad of players that, you know, that we need to sift through and some need to leave them. We've talked about more. There's obviously rumours around still that, that Volks is being linked with with Premier League clubs such as Newcastle and Norwich. Um, is there anyone that you, you really want to see us leave or, you know, you think will leave because of our financial situation? I don't know if there's some that will leave because of the financial situation, but there's... I'd like to see a clear out in midfield. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the key area for us that needs addressing, um, along with another centre back. But the main area that sort of needs money spent on it is central midfield. And yeah, I'd get rid of two out of the four. Go on then. Which two? Uh, for me, I'd get rid of Pack and Pakuna. But put the names together and you've got Pakuna. Pakuna. Yeah. Uh, so you get rid of Pakuna. Yeah. Uh, Tom, who do you want to see leave? Uh, I probably let Bakuna go, but I, I I don't think we need a clear. I think we just need additions. We just look very kind of light in midfield. I know we've got like Colwell who will play slightly more attacking role. We, um, but I think we just need bodies through the door in that area. I think 
I'm sure we'll come on to it, the people who've been released and stuff as well. We and we've obviously got loan signings that are going back to their clubs. So we need a lot a lot of people to come in before we can start shipping people back out. I know we've been linked with I think who are we linked with? Uh Callum Elder, I think was one. Uh, he was left back for Hull. I think he's been mm-hmm. touted as that wouldn't be a bad sign at all, people like 45 games last year. Um but there's not a huge amount of rumour, really, apart from up top at the moment with us. So I, I, I don't think we can start leaving many more people go just yet. And talking about players that have left, obviously we were waiting for the the, the much-vaunted retained list to be released. Um, some surprises in the retained list. Um, ben, the first one really that, that Johnny Williams, lovely Johnny Williams with his lovely smile and lovely beard, we, we've just gone see you later to him. Was, was that a surprise for you? I was gutted. Who's telling him that? Who's who's got the actual cold heart ring up and do say sorry, Johnny? It's not happening. Um, yeah, back next year. Who's got the just? Who's that evil? Like, also, imagine, like, or it doesn't make that face. Or has he said he doesn't want to stay? Or has Mick let him go just so he can sign him again? Yeah, that that could happen as well. But like, I think with all these signings, we don't know who's decided not yeah. not to sign. I think we're we're all jumping to conclusions that the club have said no to these people. There's a big chance that they've said no to us. Look, let's be real. Johnny Williams isn't going to go absolute diva in there, right? He's He'd be, oh, Johnny, we're offering this. Oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that seems fair. I trust you guys. So it's not Johnny. It's it's some evil bastard at the club, and I want them out. I want them dead. He's got a Euros, though, campaign. He's probably keeping his options open. He might just sign for us again. Uh, you know, he'd be, I think he'd be daft to kind of sign on now at the moment when he's got a month of football in, you know, on the biggest stage ahead of him. And Is he Johnny- will play minutes as well. Is so, Johnny going to do uh, be the Hal Robson Carno of this yeah, tournament? Exactly. You know, he's probably someone's advised him to be sensible and just not sign yet. I think it, and it, that would make more sense, right? Because when you when you when when you listen to what Mick McCarthy says, Mick McCarthy has signed him pretty much everywhere he's gone. Mm. He talked about him within uh, a couple of months left of the season, basically saying that he was going to be the replacement for Harry Wilson. Um, you know, it, it was a shock that he's leaving, but but Tom could be right, right? He could be sat there thinking, I've got a Euro to put myself in the shop window if if he's playing. Like, he's obviously quite important for Wales and maybe he's thinking that he could get himself a, a move back to the Premier League or something. I don't know. But, you know, I think the, the, there's other players on the list that were probably less of a surprise. Um, obviously, we knew that Junior Hoylett was leaving. Um, Joe Day was also leaving, which, I mean, remains one of the most pointless signings in the history of Cardiff City. I think Joe Day, what he played half an hour against Wigan on the first day of the season um, at the start of last season. Off Newport fans, so worth every penny. I've got nothing to get. I don't want to piss off Newport fans. I like Newport. I don't mind it. It's known it's irked him a little bit that he didn't play and we just pissed him off for free. It, was just, it just it seems so pointless that we signed him when we already had Etheridge and Smithies ahead of him. Um, he wasn't going to come in and be number one. But then perhaps, Tom, the other surprise, uh, well, less, is a, less is of a surprise, but Conwell was like an end of an era is Joe Bennett moving on. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk about him turning down a contract. We know he, he had his ACL injury, so he wasn't going to be fit for a while. There's some talk about him wanting more money than we were going to offer him. Um, perhaps he's the more logical conclusion that he's uh, logical conclusion to the situation that he's left, but it's still quite sad, isn't it? Because he's been there for... Five six years, he's he's been a great left back for us and a great servant for the club, and he he's a good he's a good player at this level. Yeah, definitely. And you look at the the team that took us up to the Premier League as well. There's not many of them left. He's one of the few that've been about for a while. Um, and yeah, he has been good for us. I, I think though, like speaking to a few Cardiff fans over the last week or so, I don't think they massively took to him. I still I still think there's a big proportion of our fans who really thought that Joe Bennett didn't get going as much as they'd like him to. Um, it's a bit like the Andrew Taylor situation, I think, as well, where there were certain fans who loved him 
and thought, you know, yeah. they understood the role that he did for us and certain fans who really didn't take. And I think it's just, we love a marauding fullback, you know, to get forward, put crosses in. And he wasn't really that. Um, but I thought he was, you know, he was the perfect type of player um, in the Warnock era, you know, and and he's been a great servant to us. And yeah, I, I'm sad to see him go, but I don't think he'll be a huge loss in the long term. I think, you know, I'm sure we'll get a young fullbacks in and I think I think we'll do okay. Um, there's other players I'd be more sad to see go than him. So, but no, yeah, he, he did brilliantly for us at times. Who then, you know, we, we've got Baggin. Um, is there anyone else that you think will replace him or do you think it's Baggin's shirt to lose now? I think Baggin, it'll be Baggin and one other sort of a probably more experienced left back just as cover. I think Baggin will Andy want leg. To... Yeah, just get him in. He's, 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 he's in good shape from what I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Bennett is going to be a loss. So I think Bennett's the best left back we've had at the Cardiff City Stadium. I mean, that that is false praise because it, the other contenders are Andrew Taylor or Lee Nolan. So, Naylor. 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 Naylor and Taylor. Like a shit detective duo. Um, <laughs> Naylor and Taylor investigates. Maybe that's a skip for next season, boys. We write the uh, ongoing adventures of Naylor and Taylor. Um, yeah. Sounds like, it, sounds like a CCMB is- thread, doesn't it? Yeah, that is quite weird when you think about it. We've only had three left-backs at the Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, oh, Fabio. Benny... Sorry, Fabio. Fabio. Uh, take Fabio back in a heartbeat. Um, I, I kind of glossed over Junior Hoyler earlier, um, Ben, but I think it's fair to say that, he, you know, he, he kind of tailed off last season. But, you know, in the run to promotion in the Premier League years, there, there weren't many players who did more to, to kind of push us up, right? He was, I think, our top scorer, top assist maker in the, in the promotion season. He scored that amazing goal against Wolves, almost closed back in the game against Watford with another great goal. Um, it just, Mick McCarthy didn't fancy him, did he? No, and he, I think his legs are gone as well. He, he He's clearly just, it was time to move on. It was the right time. But Christ, I don't think we've had many better free signings than Junior Hoylet in our time. Just an absolute... Gem, wonderful player. Some of the best moments we've had in recent years. Sort of the goals and the promotion, the goal against Wolves in the Premier League. All of it combined, just yeah, absolutely love the bloke. And yeah, it's a shame to see him go, but I think it's right for both. I think he needs to sort of get that last big run, get uh, do well with Canada, and do what's right for him for the next move, which is clearly going to be Middlesbrough. Him and Kadeem Harris going back to Middlesbrough. Um, we'll come to one of the other... We, we've obviously glossed over a key name in, in all this, but that's because I think he deserves a bit more more than just a, a few a few parting words. Um, there were some surprising names in the under-23s. I think Bodenham's left and Aaron Bolger's left, which was a Warnock signing that clearly didn't work out. But the good news is, guys, we've kept Ryan Schwank. So you Schwank. Just to say that name, didn't you? Just wanted to say Schwank. Schwank stays, boys. Schwank stays. Um, and you talk about the, a free signing, one of the best free signings in, in our club's history, Ben. And, and the next person we're going to talk about um, came in at the same time as Hoylet. Um, you know, they called him Neil Warnock's son, and that's Sol Bamba. Um, obviously, there's there's been a lot of conversation around Sol Bamba leaving, um, Ben. Um, for me, it was just a bit of a shock kind of left a bit of a bad taste in the mouth that we we are releasing him considering there was a lot of conversation about him going on to a coaching role and all that kind of stuff. Um, what's your take on it? I'm gutted. Honestly, just absolutely gutted. Um, everything about Sol makes you smile, doesn't it? Just He just seems like the most lovable, affable bloke going. And just to see him leave is really sad just as he sort of got back after sort of like a really brave battle of cancer. Fair play to him. And yeah, but it might be again. We're saying like it's we've released him. That like I think Sol clearly fancies another year playing and wants to go out on his own terms, which I more than respect and totally understand. It's just a shame the club couldn't do enough to sort of make it happen. Him get 
look, this is where he should say goodbye. This is the club he's been most settled in his career. It's the longest spell he's had at a club, the most games he's played for a club. Um, he really should be going out at the Cardiff City Stadium in a Cardiff shirt. Um, and it's a shit, real big shame that it's not going to happen that way. Tom, would you have given him another year playing contract or do you think his, his best days are behind him? Oh, there's no doubt his best days will be behind him now. But I'm not convinced we've seen the last of him. I think, again, it's one of those things the retained list gets sent out before dealings have been sorted. It's been such a strange season. Everything's been condensed right at the end as well. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up in and around the club next season. Um, but if, if it is him going, I will be gutted to see him go. There's no doubt about it. He's been absolutely colossus for us. You know, he's been instrumental in in our promotion season. And like, like I said, he's just a character, isn't he? He just, you can't help but like the bloke. And you know that when he's on the field, the players around him up their game as well, as if they don't want to let him down. Same with Morrison and stuff as well. That pairing at the back is just, you know, it's the best we've had for a long, long time. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a pity if, if he does go now that he doesn't get a full, uh, you know, CCS giving him a goodbye. Um, same for Hoylet in that respect as well. Um, but yeah, I'd be absolutely gutted to see him go. But I, I, he'll be, I'm, I'm sure he'll be in and around the club in some capacity in the near future. Um, obviously, we, we we put out the Twitter question thread um, asking people for their reactions to um, the retained list, to the release list. Um, it kind of split people, really. Uh, Jonathan Davis said, Bamber, unfortunately, is 37. I hope he stays as a coach. Bennett wanted longer than one year on offer in 31. We could find a young, cheaper alternative with sell-on value. Williams is puzzling. McCarthy said he expected Williams to replace now uh, Wilson. Now both are gone. Um, Anthony Bachelor just said, shocked. Daniel Morgan said, gut to see Sol goal. Sh- surely that has to be his own decision. Otherwise, it's buzzing. Huge fan of Joe Bennett. Gut to see him go. But as for Junior Hoyler, it's fair enough there. Johnny Williams is a weird one, but let's get Ruben in for a run of games unless we sell someone. Um, Connor Griffiths, got to see them both go, but they had to move on at some point. Free agents were bought for a little fee, turned into starters for us in the Premier League. Hopefully we get a few more bargains like NG and Mix gets a good preseason with players. Um, let me see what else we've got here. Terry Hansen quite harshly says, let's face it, we haven't missed them, looking for better. Um, Ryan O'Dell says Williams not used Bamba gutted Bennett could could have stayed for experience but left as he wanted more cash the big surprise is Vassell what the fuck didn't even know he's still here can't release Vassell because he's still under contract um, but we, we you talk about him coming back Tom do you think it's realistic that he will come back as a coach like you look at all the news um, news uh, kind of written about him last season there was always a plan for him to be in place for the under 23s he was already doing coaching with the under 23s does it feel like even if he goes and plays here somewhere else he will come back here as coach I feel, unless he just goes where Warnock is, I think, you know, if he's still being wheeled out for a team in a couple of seasons' time, I think Bamba might go there. But mm-hmm. it, it just feels like he's got unfinished business, doesn't he? And I think, you know, if he doesn't get a playing contract, on a completely business side, I suppose it does make sense. On an emotional side, we obviously want him around still. But it does feel like he will be in and around that club at some point. It, it, uh, but it's an interesting one of those things there where they said about... Um, you know, obviously Williams not playing. Perhaps the emergence of Colwell was the final nail in that coffin as well. You know, Mick has talked him up as well. Perhaps he's realised, right, here's <laughs> a cheaper alternative rather than giving someone a new contract. We've already, mm-hmm. we brought someone through organically. So perhaps it'll end up being shrewd business, Williams not staying on. We're not exactly blessed for depth in that area. No, That's no, the no, bit no. that confuses me with it. If we sort of had one or two more players, I'd sort of understand, oh, well, He's not played. He, and I'll be perfectly honest, like when he did play, he wasn't exactly 
he didn't look like Messi on the pitch. He wasn't exactly seeing the show for this brief time he had. Um, but yeah, it's not like we're packed for options there. We've lost three wide players, it, four including Johnny. Really wouldn't have hurt to give him another twelve months or two years. But like you said, it might not be as might, might not be our call. But um, yeah. Um, I, I just remembered I had a dream last night that Sol Bamba signed for Chelsea and wore the number 33 shirt. So make of that what you will. He's going to Chelsea. God, bail to Cardiff, Bamba to Chelsea. You're hearing it all here first, lads. Uh, really smashing out the, the rumours out the park. Um, I mean, looking back at Bamba, Ben, we should we should probably remember the good times, really. Um, obviously, we, we haven't seen much from this season due to his illness. Um, and it's great to hear that it's in remission now. And obviously, he got, got on the pitch at Rotherham, which was, you know, a really lovely thing to see. And obviously, it, it meant a lot to all the players. and meant a lot to him himself. Um, but what are your, your favourite memories of Bamba? Is it him trying to fight Warnock? Um, what? No, as funny as that is, it's just... The Beck, I, I always called him Beck and Bamba because he'd just go on marauding runs. Once or twice a game, he'd just go. Yeah. Just fancy a run up the pitch. And those, just every time, just made me laugh. And when he went into defense, centre defensive midfield and just, just was unplayable for like four or five games, just honestly loved him. Loved him from then. Well, I loved him from the first game when he scored against Bristol. That what a yeah. way to introduce yourself. First yeah. game, you scored it like the 80th minute. 85th minute, something like that, scoring against your one of your closest rivals. Hell of a way to come in. And from there, I think he was just taken by the club and loved. So, yeah, there's, yeah, I, I genuinely, it, I sometimes forget about the fight with Warnock because of all the other funny stuff. When he crushed that lad's glasses at Southampton. Yeah, brilliant. And then took him to Specsavers to buy new glasses. Took off his shirt at Brighton and told the referee he hadn't taken his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. The cheeky yeah. smile with the commentary and the interview afterwards as well, like a naughty school kid being caught. Just amazing. Just, ah, oh, he just, he makes you smile, doesn't he? You see that face, that picture of him in Lab 22. Yeah, in yeah, in that fantastic suit, yeah. Um, Tom, what are your memories of Bamba? He scored some iconic goals, really, isn't he? Like the when it was at Brentford, you know. Oh, that volley. Uh, the volley, yeah. He scored against Chelsea away, and then we were fighting amongst ourselves in the crowd. Um, but no, he just scored some big, big, Big goals and like nobody celebrates more than he does as well. Like just that grin on his face when he scored a goal, you know, it's infectious. But no, what what an absolute gem of a signing he was! Unbelievable. I'm still getting he was robbed of that bicycle kick at Millwall. Oh, oh yeah, God, they're the greatest goal he's never scored. Yeah, that was. I mean, the referee, he, the referee didn't blow up until it went in the net. No. I was at that game. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think when you when you think of modern Cardiff Day legends, um, and especially CCS legends, I mean, Sol Bamba's been there for half the time we've had the CCS Open. He's was ever present up until he got injured in the Premier League year, um, and obviously he's kind of struggled to come back since then. But I think just what he brings to the football club and and, and the energy he brings to the football club and and the way he, he you know he's a Cardiff City player, isn't he? Full blooded, full hearted, but didn't take himself too seriously. And I think that's what we love as football fans. He define for me. He defines sort of this. It really feels like with these players leaving, this sort of era, the Warnock era and everything from that has really come to a close now. Sort of that promotion and everything sort of moved up. You're right, yeah. Card of City. And he is, that image of him and Sean Morrison sort of like just yelling at each other as they're lifting the trophy, sort of, that's that era-defining photo. He's sort of that player that defines that era for me, sort of like wits in the early days of the CCS. Bamba sort of became that player for me that really has defined sort of the recent return to blue and sort of the promotion era of that. 
Yeah, it's a shame. I hope he does come back to the club. It just feels like this is almost like his spiritual home. As as you said, it's the longest he's spent somewhere. He's clearly taken to the city and we've clearly taken to him. So I hope whatever happens in a couple of years' time, he's back at the club as doing something, even if he's just like um, ambassador for smiles or something like that. Yeah, um, new Bart- E.B. Bartley Bluebird, we just didn't realise. <laughs> yeah, just- <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's actually why he's not signed a new contract that E.B. Bartley Bluebird. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on to the other Twitter questions I didn't read out. Uh, Benefactor talks about uh, players who want to sign. Left-back, number 10, an active and busy centre midfielder and a younger centre-back. Anywhere else you'd like to see strengthened? Um, ben, is there anything else you'd add to that? I think that's a relatively good shopping list. You already, maybe already signed James Collins as a number 10. Talked about a left-back, but do you, you know? Do, do, we, do we need... Uh, not sorry. Do we... Uh, Lee Tomlin obviously stays as our number 10, but do we need to sign another number 10 to compliment him now? It's right down towards the bottom of my sort of priorities. We don't really play with a 10 anymore, do we? We sort of have two supporting wingers slash 10s playing off the strikers. So wide players, centre midfield, left back and centre back are much more pressing issues for me than the number 10. So, yeah, it's not vital right now, but it would be a nice luxury to have later on. How does how does Lee Tomlin fit into the future of Cardiff City, Tom? I really don't know. I think... You know, he wants space for him, for one. I think like he'll benefit from having a proper preseason now. Um, it'll give Mick um, <laughs> really hey, we've said that. that every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, the one year he did have a preseason. Look at the fucking shape on him, and look how he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Fair. Maybe don't invite him back for preseason and see what he does. I think I'm not being funny. It's not going to be many people queuing up for him, is there? So if we can get hold of him, get the best. Oh God, I feel like I've said this so many times as well. If we can get the best out of him, he's a brilliant asset to have. Um, but you know, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens. Someone like Smithies as well. If yeah. someone comes in for him, you know, he's on big money with us. As, uh, we'll be bringing a keeper instead of him. But obviously, Joe Day's gone, so we'd have to bring in probably two. Um, but it does feel like we need bodies all over the park at the moment. You know, with the people who've been let go, the loan signings going back. It, I feel like I've said this before as well. It feels like we're in a big bit of a transition. You know, it's Mick McCarthy's first big transfer window with us. So mm-hmm. it'd be really interesting to see what happens over the next couple of months. At least we had the benefit of not being in the playoffs in or losing in the playoffs. So we've had a few more weeks of preparation and knowing what league we're in. Uh, Gonzo McKenzie said, Junior not played in ages. Sol, hugely loved even before the cancer was, but most agreed his legs were gone and wasn't great watching him struggle. If truly wants to keep on playing, he'd rarely get a chance here. Would 100% keep Bennett on ability, presumably down to financial demands. Ryan Chard, lowering the salary bill to make room for Bale and Rambo's post-Euro shock announcement. So much as these three will be missed, it's a good move. Um, Andy, Andy Barham, they made a head or heart decision, but for a promotion push, the right decision. Jamie Anderson, not surprised to be honest. MD talked a lot about reducing the wage bill and laughed about the 5K to Gareth Bale. Sign of the sort of figures we can afford. Not the 50 to 25K a week these players are on. Gutted for Bamba, but maybe he wants to play. Would love him as a coach. Um, What else is there that I've missed? Um, Owen Davis says, I'm disappointed by Bennett. Or Benno, as Warnock would say, massive dip in our form when he got injured. He will definitely be back at Middlesbrough. It's not a bad shout. Bennett was a, he's a Middlesbrough boy, isn't he, from youth. Um, could be going back up there. Um, and that's kind of the main things from Twitter, by the looks of things. Um, but we can move on now to, obviously, the big the big news, which was our end-of-the-season vote. Uh, we asked our Twitter followers to vote for uh, a series of end-of-season awards. Um, and we've got the results in. And there's a lot to go through here, lads. So strap in. Um, some shocking results in here, if I, if I do say so myself. Um, 
so the first question it was the big one. View from the Ninian player of the season. Uh, we had Sean Morrison, Kiefer Moore and Curtis Nelson. Ben, who do you think took that one? I've got the results in front of me, so... Oh, for fuck's sake. Tom, who do you think... T- All right, we'll just do a quiz on Tom then. Tom, who do you think took that one? Curtis Keith, Nelson? Kiefer Moore. I, that was my nomination. Uh, Kiefer Moore. Because I, I, I did the tweets and then I saw Curtis Nelson in and I was like... What? He, he played like 40 games for us. I thought he had a decent season. He didn't I set the so. I thought he's been dependable. I think he's one of those ones who went under the radar, to be honest. I don't think he did a lot wrong. I don't think he did a huge amount spectacularly well either, but he was, I thought he was there all season, plugging away. Good he's, old Curtis so, Nelson. So essentially, if that was Clubman of the Year, he probably would have won. Yeah. The thing is, boys, you'd already put Kiefer Moore and Sean Morrison, <laughs> and I panicked. So you <laughs> <laughs> put Harry Wilson. He didn't... He didn't uh, I don't all think right, you did that right. well. So watch out, you'll get watch out saying that you'll get fucking abused on Twitter for it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But no, I, uh, I think Kiefer Moore did he did he did he win it? He did win it with a whopping eighty four point eight percent of the vote. Sean Shock. Morrison with fifteen point two, and Curtis Nelson zero percent. Yeah, because I didn't even vote for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the next one was the breakthrough player of the year. The nominees for this one, Tom, because uh, this is all about you now, Tom. That's Dylan fine. Phillips, Perry NG, and Joel Baggin. Uh, who do you think took that one? Perry NG. Perry NG with uh, two thirds of the vote, 67%. Joel Baggin got 21%, and Dylan Phillips got 11.9%. Okay. Um, young player of the season. Now, this, this, was, a, this was a tight affair. Uh, Tom sang Joel Baggin, Perry NG with the nominations. Tom, who do you think won this one? Ooh, Tom sang? <sighs> if he got 0.9% of the vote more, you'd have been right. But it was Perry NG again with 43.9%. Tom sang that with four one, There was literally one vote in it. One vote oh, in it. And then Joel Baggin with 13%. Uh, goal of the season. Uh, the three nominees here were Wilson versus Luton, Wilson versus Birmingham, brackets, first goal. And then Volks versus Brentford. Um, this is all. This this could be a surprise. It could not be a surprise. Who do you think won it, Tom? Wilson against the Birmingham one. No, it was Volks against Brentford with sixty-five It was a thunderbusted. So it was a thunderbusted indeed. Wilson versus Birmingham got thirty point eight, and then Wilson versus Luton got three point eight percent. And I maintain that was a really good goal. It was, it was a really good goal. Was, but then so were the other two. It was it was the strong goal of the season compendium this year, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was, yeah. Disappointment of the season. Um, three nominations here. Lee Tomlin, Neil Harris, and no fans in the stadium, Tom. Uh, who do you reckon? <laughs> All very disappointing. But no fans in the stadium? Did. It took 43.4%. Lee Tomlin with 31%. Neil Harris with 255 Poor old Neil Harris. Can't even win a competition he was probably a shoe for. <laughs> Um, the Aidan Flint goal against Swansea award. Uh, there were three nominations here. It was Flint's goal against Swansea, Flint's goal against Swansea, or Flint's goal against Swansea. So there were three. Which one do you think, out of the three, in which order do you think people voted? Middle, top, bottom. It went. It went top, middle, bottom. People were that, that fucking obvious. It, yeah, yeah. Lazy bastard fans. Fifty-one point nine percent on the first one. Um, Player we need to sell. Not a nomination we like to dig out lightly, but we had Lee Tomlin, Bakuna and Glatzel for this one, Tom. Glatzel. With 64%. I forgot, he ran I forgot away with about it. him until you mentioned him there. Completely. Uh, hair of the season. Sean Morrison, Kiefer Moore, Aidan Flint. Uh, who won this one? That's got to be Kiefer Moore. Big Kiefer, 55.1%. Kiefer Moore dropped the hair product plug. How does it stay in place that whole time? It's immaculate. I, uh, I took my vote after seeing Sean Morrison's misses Instagram stories because obviously they're on their traditional 
unreal summer holiday break. Yeah, and Sean Morrison. So fucking jealous. Oh mate, she posted the link of where to go, uh, the place in Santorini, and we've just had to cancel our honeymoon. And I found the room they stayed in, and it's in our range. I'm like, oh fuck it, do we do it? Do I do it? It's not on booking.com for 190 quid a night with genius discount, is it? It's not, no. No, it's a shame. It's very that much a shame. Going for that. That that's, a that's all I book. That's all I book, mate. Booking.com genius discount. Yes, please. Fuck me. Honestly, Morrison with his hair, Greek god. He's looking good. He's looking very good on holiday. Um, but he didn't win the competition. Sorry, Moz. Um, Twitter moment of the season. Watford versus VFTN. McBurney writes a letter or £2 scruff. Tom... Which do you think won this? Oh, it's got to be two pounds scruff, surely. Reese Bish, forty-seven point seven percent. Congratulations, uh, he won the two pounds. This was close than I thought it'd be, though. Yeah, and to be honest, the McBurney writes a letter. Which one was that for? I completely passed me by. That's he where the wrote, card, Yeah, going better, going better. Claimed, it's the second time he's claimed that a Cardiff fan has wrote him a letter, given him a load of abuse, and stuck it to his car. Yeah. And then if you compare the two, the two letters, they've got exactly the same handwriting that also matches up to a letter he sent a fan. oh mcburney uh i was actually in the same bar as him about a month back um i didn't say anything to him um because i'm scared jibber (laughs) yeah knock the fuck out in the street yeah i would yeah uh i don't want to be let's be real the bloke that did that got exactly what he fucking deserved he did yeah and also the funny thing was mcburney stamped on his phone but didn't break the phone so (laughs) (laughs) that sums up his season really doesn't it um he missed the stamp he missed the stamp. Uh, moment of the season. Uh, final final one of these. Moza shagging the floor. Soul Bamba returning or beating the Jacks. Tom, what do you think it was? Uh, it's got to be Soul Bamba returning, isn't it? It was. 54% of the vote. Beating the Jacks, 30%. And Sean Moz's sexual activities only getting 15% of the vote. Uh, ben, you, you had the results open. Obviously, you did all the tweets. Any surprises for you in there or did it go as you thought it would? Genuinely worried at one stage for the first 20 minutes of the vote that Sean Morrison's shagging the floor was beating Sol Bamber returning from cancer. <laughs> I was like, we can't win. It cannot win this, surely. Um, yeah, £2 scruff, I was surprised, didn't walk it, to be honest. I thought that was going to absolutely smash it. The question yeah, is, are we going to present him with the award? Reese Bish? Yeah, get him. we got to get him on. Well, it's funny award. you should say. Uh, <laughs> let me just <laughs> welcome him into the chat. Reese Bish, welcome. <laughs> right, um... Moving on. That's right, the end should, of... I go, should I go with my actual bit then? You know, the bit that I was going to say, the proper surprise. Yeah, go yeah. on then, because I can edit controversial, around The controversial result that I think is Perry NG for breakthrough and young player of the season. Yeah. Um, I don't, he didn't break through. He's already broke through at crew, so I don't know why I nominated him, because it was my nomination. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like when... It... It's like when a player wins PFA Player of the Year and PFA Young Player of the Year. Like you can't win both, in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're the Young Player of the Year. Player. It's like right. he hasn't really broken through. Yeah, I properly panicked for some. I don't know why I didn't go for Tom Sang, but in my head I went Perry and G. And yeah, um, Young Player can sort of understand because he is young. But for me, um, breakthrough Joel Baggin is really hard done by. I think he should have won that. All right. So what we're doing now is we've learned a lesson from this. So next season. What are we going to call it? Not it's not breakthrough player of the year, but perhaps youth youth Cardiff City breakthrough player of the year, the player who's come through the academy. I think we just need young player of the season, don't we? So we don't need breakthrough player of the year. No, 
So Perry, so we delete that from this now. Perry MG's only one. No, he's not at this year because he seems like a lovely lad. Ask him to send the award back. Yeah, we will send you a Perry. Yeah. You, it will send you a stamped addressed envelope for the award. It's a certificate. We're giving out certificates. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to ask for it back. I'm not going to ask him for it back. I would, because um, you've got to do the admin. You've got to do the admin on these things, boys. Um, and that's the end of the... That's it. That's kind of City season done. Um, it was a season. Uh, we've had a lot of fun on this podcast, haven't we, Tom? Uh, what's your favourite podcast bit? I did enjoy Watford fans going absolutely mental at us. Mm-hmm. where like a hundred of them actually listened to the podcast after they'd beaten us as well and yeah. just just were hung up on us for about a week yeah. um, that was fantastic because I've, I've never been involved in something like that before I've never had Twitter beef it was a learning curve for me and I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed it Ben, your moment of the season saying something yeah, controversial the what, the what, yeah, <laughs> all the deleted scenes the Watford fans was the highlight was very, very enjoyable Gave us a big boost in numbers that week for a pod that I didn't think would do quite well. Did very well. And yeah, just enjoyed the random just abuse we got despite them winning. And, and the fact they missed the point of what we were complaining about. It wasn't the fact they shithoused. It was they weren't very good at it. Yeah, and the fact that I couldn't say Sierra Alta's name right. Um, <laughs> that was quite funny as well. Um, I'm going to do you both here, boys. Um, my, my, my highlight of the season has been friendship. Mm. The friends, who've, you know, what? Well, who was the real highlight of the podcast? It was the friends who made along the way. It was meeting uh, up the other week in the pub and having a pint. Yeah, wasn't it? I think exactly. that was. Yeah. That was lovely. Uh, for for listeners out there, um, as as a podcast, we've done a lot of this virtually, which means that we've never really spent much time together in person. Me and Tom um, have spent a fair bit of, amount of time together in London together, but um, Ben Price has, has, has never. We've never really met him before. We've I think we've said hello a couple of times in the street and that kind of stuff, but never really. Spent a lot of time yeah. together. So we went and we went and did the old timey thing. Pubs were open. We went and got slightly pissed, and we had a lovely evening on a Sunday. Um, so you know, friends have been made along the way, and that's what the podcast means to me. Um, so thank you, boys. That, that was genuinely sweet. <laughs> I, I feel a bit awkward. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I can tell you, you both <laughs> felt a little bit awkward. Yeah, I'm not even going to ruin it. Not even going to. Yeah, thanks, Ben. That's how you know I said a nice thing, but. We can't finish the podcast just yet as there is a big tournament around the corner. Yes, Cardiff City will be taking part in the pre-season tournament with Forest Green and Bath. Now, I'm talking about the Euros, which starts uh, this coming week. Um, the Euros, the, the, the players have flown out to Baku. Um, they're having a nice time on the plane. They all had their iPads and their headphones and they were sat with their mates. Looked lovely. Looked like they had a lovely time. Um, obviously, the first game is on Saturday. Uh, two o'clock kickoff against Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland. yeah. yeah. Oh, Switzerland. Um, Tom, the, the first thing you put in under this agenda point is Colwell, eh? Mad. Um, you know, is this a Theo Walcott moment or is this, is this, does it mean more? Because, you know, Colwell's a bit older. He's been in around the squad. It's less of a surprise he was in the training squad, that kind of thing. I think I think it's a, it shows, it's, a, it's an indication of how good this boy is. I think the fact that, you know, Mick McCarthy really took to him and he thought, oh, there's the kind of like token call up to the, when the championship players all joined the Wales squad. And I just had that sneaky feeling that they'd be a surprise, that especially when the squad has expanded to 26 as well. Because you look at the last Euros where Wales only used 19 players, and that's with suspensions and injuries and getting to the semis. You thought, why not bring a youngster into the, the squad? But with it being Colwell, and Rob Page is clearly impressed by him, it just gets you excited, doesn't it, for the new season with Cardiff? Um, yeah. How good is this lad? And, you know, he came on against France, and didn't look out of place. Grant did it for 10 minutes. But, um, you know, it's exciting times. As someone who's actually come through our academy, you know, a good Welsh-speaking lad, 
unlike myself, I can't speak a word of it. But, um, you know, it's exciting times. He went in to go in from a player that went in for like he was put in that training group to make up numbers, sort of just go for a bit of experience training with some of those players. It wasn't like he was genuinely in the plans of the Mm. Welsh FA before this to be a part of the squad shows just how well he did in that train in like those training sessions. Cause Christ, that is some six months he's had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't pay basically say that he just blew us all away. Yeah. Um, which shows that, you know, it must show that he's got some technical ability. Obviously, you know, he's got the, the face of a baby, body of a man, right? So he's obviously physically built and he's physically ready for football. But there is always that question about whether the technical ability translates or whether the ability from playing in the under-23s and the reserves all season translates to that higher level. But for him to go into that training camp or within a week or two make that impact shows that he, he's got to have something about him. Definitely. And I think, you know, he went from nearly being released to being on the bench for the under-23s against Taft's Well in the Cup, mm-hmm. to going into that Wales training squad, where there's no doubt they would have had a 26-man squad drafted up. And yes, there would have been a few players that could have gone in and out, you know, the likes of Brennan Johnson, the, the likes of Ravi Matondo, you know, who could have been coming in and out of that squad. But for someone like Brennan Johnson to miss out when he's got the number of goals he had for Lincoln, the number of assists he had, he had a really good season. What is Colwell done in that training session? You know, he, he must be showing something... Perhaps it is just a token one because they know they're not going to play every player. But for me, I think it's got to be something more than that. He's obviously got ability that we don't know yet. Ben, is, is the squad as you expected apart from Colwell? Is, was there any other surprises for you in there? Uh, not really. I was relatively happy with the squad. I think like a lot of Welsh fans, I'm not quite convinced by Levitt yet. But other than that, it's pretty <laughs> Not quite convinced. The guy must... I don't know how the guy's in the squad. Sorry. Uh, like, he yeah. had a good game against Albania. And I, yeah. I, I wasn't. But I think, you know, that was his best game in a Wales shirt. Again, it's one of those players where he must be doing something right in yeah. training for them to be in there yeah. around it. Um, he's called, clearly got a bit about him. He's a young player as well. Hey, why why not bring him here, Cardiff? You know, you know, he couldn't get a game for Charlton, but hey-ho. <laughs> Played five times in, Cro- in the Croatian League, I think. Yeah, Christ. Yeah, um, for a yeah, he's, pro- team. he's probably the most controversial selection out of the lot. Other than that, yeah. I'm re- really happy with the squad and to be honest, I'm absolutely buzzing. I watched uh, Ellis James's Wales Football Nation on BBC play, and I was just ready for the Euros to start then and there. I've held off watching Don't Take Me Home just yet. I think that's going to be my treat on Friday night and uh, yeah, leave a wildlife like that. Um, I we, My mate's booked space in the bar on Saturday and, and he's all already ordered two ra- pre-ordered two rounds of Jaeger bombs for a 1pm, oh. a 2pm <laughs> kickoff. Yeah. So when we arrive, there will be 12 Jaeger bombs waiting for, I think, between four of us. Um, so that's 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 the excitement we've got going on here. Um, Tom, there's there's kind of two selection headaches that seem to be kind of dominating the, the kind of talking points at the moment, both at opposite ends of the pitch. Uh, the first one is obviously um, Danny Ward put in a heck of a performance against France. Uh, saved that penalty, made a couple of blinded saves. Um, so did Nico Williams. So it's between Danny Ward and Nico Williams in goals for me. Um, and obviously, we, we, there's there's some absolutely mental talk around Kiefer Moore up front, Tom. Uh, Robbie Page seems to think that Kiefer Moore's given him a selection headache by, I don't know, being fucking good. I'm a bit confused by that whole thing. How do you see that playing out? Do you think Hennessy's going to start? Do you think Moore will start this coming Saturday? I'll start off with the goalkeepers because that's a bit more simple, you know. It could go either way. They both, they both. Ward has hardly ever played for Wales, but he's never put a foot wrong. Hennessy's played hundred times for Wales and has very rarely put a foot wrong as well. So 
either mm-hmm. either way, I think I'd be happy. You know, they both haven't played a lot of club football, so you can see the merits of both there. Um, the Kiefer Moore thing, I've been trying to think about it in a bit more of a kind of calm manner. And I do understand what they're trying to do. I think when you play the likes of Turkey, when you play Italy, they'll be comfortable playing against a big man up top. You know, they've got big centre-halves, they're comfortable with the ball in the air. And that's like the kind of calmer way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is there's one way to get rid of a section headache, just fucking play the bloke. Do you know what I mean? He scores goals. He scores goals in a bad Cardiff team. He scored goals for Wales to get us to the tournament. He came on against Albania. He puts himself about. He also Play- occupies other defenders that creates the space for people like Bale and Ramsey. Yeah, like I yes, he might get booked. You know, he does get booked quite a bit. But I think that side of his game has got better as the season's gone for Cardiff as well. And I think especially against Switzerland, you've got to play him. And I, you know, the quality of ball he'll get for the Wales team compared to what he gets at Cardiff, you know, it, it, it's poles apart. Play the bloke. You know, the fans will react to it. Well, the hundred fans who are probably in back who will react to it. But, you know, we'll get, he'll play. He, just, it frustrates me. How can he not play an either friendly? Start either friendly. It's, 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 it's Do you not plan That's A or plan bizarre. B? I don't understand. Play I'll the come bloke. To you. I'll come to you, Ben, about that in a second. But you talk about yellow cards. How many yellow cards do you think he got last season for Cardiff, Tom? Oh, eight in the end. That's very low. Four, I think. He got four. Isn't he got it? four. He didn't, he didn't even get a suspension. So he got a booking uh, every 10 games, basically. It's a myth, then. There we go. Myths <laughs> yeah. being broken again. Myths are being broken. Um, Ben, you know, as 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 a Cardiff fan, it, it just it, it seems weird that you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't have Kiefer more as a shoe in, right? We just we Wales just looks so much more threatening with him on the pitch. Like Ramsey's a false nine. Like half the time against Albania, he was playing as a centre DM. It was he was playing so deep. We were we're never going to score. It's an obvious fix to a really. It's a solution. It's a problem that Page has created in his own head yeah. that everyone else sees a solution to. And is it just Page? Is there also interference for someone with an electronic tag around their ankle in Manchester? It could also be influencing it. I think his page is trying to put his own stamp on it, to be honest with you, because I think a lot of people just think that he's the mouthpiece for gigs at the moment. Um, and I think it's him trying to put the stamp on it, but I think that's the wrong fucking stamp. You know, Now's not time to play that game. No, if people no. think that, just let them fucking think it and let's get to the semis again. The other way of looking at it, perhaps he is resting him. Like, you know, he has had a battering of a season. Perhaps he is just wrapping him in cotton wool a little bit. Perhaps he just wants him firing as soon as he goes into the tournament. I don't but, think he is. I no, really I know. I don't think he is. I think he, in his head he's doing. Do you remember when Stuart Pierce played David James as a striker for <laughs> Manchester? Yeah, I watched that yesterday. <laughs> it genuinely, it's sort of you know he's trying to be the clever Billy Big Bollocks about it and put his own stamp on it, and it's just the wrong thing to do. I can understand. I can understand giving yourself like a plan A and a plan B, like like Tom says. You know, we need to be able to play both ways. And if you want to play with a false nine, but to 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 not start Kiefer Moore in either of the friendlies before a tournament, or you know, do the first half one way and do the second half another way to see how which one pans out is is utter madness for me. Because now it just it creates a talking point when there doesn't need to be a talking point. It creates a doubt perhaps in Kiefer Moore's mind. It creates a doubt in the other players' mind around the way they're playing. Maybe this is just from an external point of view, but like it creates a distraction when there didn't need to be a distraction. We need to go into a tournament with the focus on that first game. And now we've got him going, I've got a selection headache over Kiefer Moore. There should be no headache about playing Kiefer Moore. Even if you want to play a false night, you should want to play Kiefer Moore because he's because of what he does. I think 
you know, like you said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It might be an external thing. I'm sure Kiefer probably already knows what Robert Page's plan is going into that first game. Yeah. But I think if you look at Twitter, normally, even though a lot of people put club allegiances aside, you normally get a feel of people kind of biased towards their own players, you know. I haven't seen a Swansea player, a Swansea fan saying to not play him. It's yeah. kind of like we've come together across the divide to go play fucking Kiefer more. Play Keith Moore his lovely hair. Yeah, exactly. But perhaps he'll play first game and then, you know, I'll calm down and chill and watch the game and enjoy myself with the Jägerbomb. Six Jägerbombs. We've already talked, Ben, about um, Dylan Levitt and perhaps his surprise inclusion in the squad. Um, and, and the one player that obviously springs to mind when we talk about players missing out is, is our very own Will Vox. Um, I mean... <laughs> There's got to be something. I think we may have touched upon it briefly, but obviously it's more pertinent now with the Euros here. What what's going on there? Why doesn't why doesn't anyone want him to play for Wales? I don't know. Perhaps they feel he's not reliable enough. He's prone to the odd stupid thing, and what? when you do that, Will Vox. Yeah, I know. Hard to believe on the pitch, but um, yeah, when you've got a player and you're playing international football and sort of tournament football, especially where the risks are so high, like there's so much riding on each game. Perhaps you need players that, all right, he's probably Levitt's probably not going to blow the world away, but you know what you're getting from him. With Volks, you don't know some games what you're getting from him. You could have an absolute masterclass and he's scoring some worldies from inside his own half, or he's doing what he did in his last game and getting a stupid red card. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you just don't know. And to be honest, I can understand not wanting to take that risk in, to- in a tournament like this. I think as well, I was a little bit more skeptical about it until I watched the last couple of games. You look how well Morel played. You know, Matt Smith looked pretty assured as well. Um, and I think I, I, I don't dispute that there's players who who do a good job there, but you know, when I think th- th- when you look at it as a straight shootout between Dylan Levitt and Will Volks, and the fact that Will Volks didn't even get into the training squad suggests that there's just something more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, I think they've got a they've got a long term plan, and he's not in it. And I think there there doesn't seem to be a lot of apart from the likes of I suppose Chris Gunter who isn't who's in probably just lies a bit of a short-term one for Morale around the place. I know he's had a few good games. I think they don't see Will Vox as a long-term strategy for Wales, so they're not mm-hmm. going to do a short-term, short-term fix of putting him in now. And I, I kind of understand that. And I think the longer I've gone on with it, I think I understand it more now. But it, it does, on the face of it, it does seem a strange one when you've got a player who's had, you know, played so many games this year, like 40-odd games in the Championship and played well as well. I know he's infuriated us at times, but it does seem like, Especially in the squad of twenty six, you know, in the twenty three, I think it's more understandably drops out. But I, I did think that he should be around the twenty six. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just, in, I'd like I tell to tell you know. what. Interesting vibe when Colwell comes back into the squad. You know, you know, a bloke who's played one hundred ninety one minutes for Cardiff gets in against ahead of his teammate who played forty odd games. You know, yeah, there's a lot, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and, I, and that's like you know, like I said about the training squad, like. You have people in the training squad who are playing League Two football who are a similar age to Will Volks. You know, Josh Sheehan, right? He came into the training squad at, at sort of 25, 26, and Will Volks is 26, 27. They're a similar age, but Will Volks is already playing at a higher level. And you, you talk about a long-term plan. Well, if there's a long-term plan for Sheehan, surely you can incorporate Volks into that long-term plan if he's only a year or two older than him. For Volks not to be included in the training squad, I think, is pathetic. I think it's really a slap in the face of a player that when he's played for Wales, has been good. And sort of, mm. he's never not made himself available. He's always said, look, I want to play for Wales. Um, 
yeah, for him not to be in the, even in the training squad, I think is really, really bad for bad form from the FAW and whoever's making that making that call. But he's in Cardiff. It's literally his training ground is the Welsh training ground. It's mm-hmm. not like a logistic thing. The season was over. He's been very well rested, and we rest at the end of the start of next season as well. Um, yeah, I think that's really poor of the FAW, and they could have done a lot better to sort of manage that. Put him in the training squad, even if you're not planning on bringing him. It's also weirder when you think that Ryan Giggs was the one who gave him his debut as well. Yeah. It's like, has he come in as, as, as right? You know, oh, I was going to say something controversial then, but I stopped myself. Um, Funny. Well, we'll move on from there now. And we'll actually just get down to the nitty gritty of the fact that we've got three group games in a week. Uh, the first one being Saturday um, against Switzerland, then Wednesday against Turkey, Italy against Wales on Sunday, the 20th of June. So an eight day spread for three games, Tom. How are we doing? Are we getting out of the group? Who are we beating? Oh man, like it's one of those ones where we could honestly win the first two games or not score a goal. Like I can't, I can't call it. Um, I think my, I think my gut feeling is that we'll get a draw against Turkey and nothing else. <laughs> but, but then I wouldn't be surprised if we turned it on and won the first. I can't. I don't know, mate. I don't know. I, I'm too nervous to even kind of try and work out what we're gonna do. It, it, it's massive though. We win that first game, and that's that's a foot in the next round. You know, four of the six third place teams go through. It's such a big first game up. But the one thing that's happened, like in the right, that's happened in. Can't get my words up. The, the good thing about it is that we're playing the teams in the right order, in my opinion. You know, again, we've got Switzerland, we've got Turkey, then we've got Italy. We can almost be through before having that crunch game at the end. So. I uh, yeah, long answer. I don't have a fucking clue, mate. <laughs> it's but it's it's a tight group, isn't it? When you when you think, I think we're sort of we're seventeenth in the world. I think Switzerland are thirteenth. Turkey is sort of twenty ninth. Or there's there's we're all basically in that top thirty in world football. Obviously, Italy are the, are the far away ahead of us. I mean, as Tom says, it's, it's so hard to call, right? And we we could end up drawing all three games. We could, or we could realistically to go through. We have to be realistically taking four points from the first two games because mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want to go into that Italy game needing anything from it to sort of not be guaranteed at least third. Mm-hmm. Um but it's so tough it's impossible to call because people are saying Turkey sort of the dark horse, the sort of team that are going to surprise a lot of people and go on and do well. Then you've got Switzerland with players that are sort of they've got a pretty solid squad if it might be a little bit old. Um, we're all playing for second place, really. Italy, I think, are going to be comfortably go through with this, but you never know. It's just no, tough. That's, that's, Italy, Italy are one of those tournament teams, right? That yeah. they, either, they either run their way to the final by beating every team 1-0, or they absolutely fuck it up in the first three games. Yeah. Um, and their, their squad... You know, you look at their their squad. It isn't as as full of superstars as it once was, right? They've still got good players, people like Immobile up front. They've still got defensively, they're still very strong. But it's not like they're full of players like years ago with Vieri, Totti, with um, uh, whoever else they had back then. It's not as scary as like when I looked at that France team when we played them the other mm-hmm. day. I looked oh, at that and scary. Hell, that's that's talent. That is. Even with Benzema on the pitch, it was talent. I was, but I mean, Benzema's amazing, though. Benzema's brilliant. I'm a horrible human being, but good at football. But good at football. That's what we're talking about. Can't class him as a world class player because he's a prick. But I, going back to like the teams in the group, though, like I watched a couple of the Turkey games because I've got nothing better to do. Um, and I watched them against Netherlands and when they beat them. And the reason they won that game is because Netherlands really, really pushed forward and Turkey caught them on the break. We're not going to give them that opportunity. 
They play mm-hmm. a team like Latvia, who are gash, and they draw three all. So yeah, you know they can, but but then they beat and drew with France, Turkey. So it's a classic case of you don't know which team are going to turn up a little bit. Um, they're dark horses because let's let's be like frank about it. None of us watch Turkish football, and most no. of their players play in the Turkish league, which is a decent standard. You know, they're football mad down in Turkey. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. I was just going through their their their, their first team, and obviously the only player that I recognise is Soyuncu from Leicester. They've obviously got um. I, I was going to say Tossum's not even in the squad who was playing at um, Everton up until last year. They've got um, Yokuzlu Yoku who plays for West Brom. And then the rest are players that you've kind of heard of, but you've probably never seen play. They're the kind of players that you've... You've scouted on football manager sort of players. Yeah, or you've heard them play in the Champions League, you know, Fenerbahce versus whoever in the Champions League, but you've not paid attention to them. And that's what they did. Was it Euro 2008 they got to the semi-finals? Um, or was it 2004? I can't remember, but they got... It was, wasn't it? They, they yeah. managed to get their way to the semi-finals just by actually being unknown quantities. They're unknown, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And But a lot of our players will be unknown quantities as well. And I think that's the thing. Switzerland, Turkey and Wales, almost much of a muchness. And I think that Switzerland is slightly better than us. And I think that Turkey are probably at the same level as us. Um, so, you know... I don't think anyone's going to want to play us, though. I think it's quite a nice thing of sort of we're going in and sort of... Every team's going to respect us and think we're going to be. They're yeah. going to know their game. Yeah, we've got a again. couple of superstars still, haven't we? At the end of the day, like Bale could score from forty yards, and that's the game. You know, could win the game. Ramsey could turn it on like he did in two thousand and sixteen. And we've got a couple of youngsters there. Someone like David Brooks. Yeah, he, he's playing at Bournemouth for the Championship, but but he's better than that. You know, he's even Harry Wilson. You people like Harry Wilson from a set da- piece. Yeah, and Dan James plays his best football when he's playing for Wales. So, you know, it, it's, it's exciting, but it could easily be demoralising when we're 2-0 down within 20 minutes against Switzerland. It, it, you know, it really oh, could go not, either way. I'm not asked. We're in the Euros again. And uh, I, went into, I, went into, I went into 2016 with no expectations. I just wanted to hear the anthem and possibly see a score. And I'm still in that sort of time, mind frame. It's still the novelty hasn't worn off that Wales are in tournament. Yeah, I'm still in a strop. I'm not in Baku. That's the problem. Yeah, there's that. I, I'm still heartbroken. I won't be in Rome. Yeah, but... it's it's a shame, isn't it? But, I mean, let's talk about that then. Where, where are you watching your first game, Ben? You watching it at home? Uh, I'll be watching it with, around a friend's house because the people we go to watch football with, um, his wife is expecting a baby in July, so she isn't really wanting to go to a pub. Boring cat. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so she'll be getting on the piss at home then, I assume. Yeah, she's going to do a couple of lines at home, yeah. Yeah, lovely stuff. And Tom, I think we're going to be in the famous Three Kings, aren't we? We are, yeah. I forgot you were going there and booked a table. <laughs> I think I subconsciously knew you'd mentioned it. So I'd be on a different table to you in the same pub. In the same bar, in the same bar. <laughs> of course, for everyone who remembers, the famous Three Kings is a, a famously Welsh pub in London. Um, you wow. probably see it on... It was, it was. Yeah, sorry, yeah, as you were. It was a famously Welsh pub in London. They served SA Gold and you saw it on the Megabus going into the city. Uh, but of course, in the last tournament, it became the famous Three Lions. Yeah. Um, I think it was the World Cup in 2018. It became yeah, famous. Yeah, Carlsberg sponsored it, didn't they? Carlsberg sponsored it. So that has left a bit of a, a bitter taste in the mouth. But nevertheless, we will be going there to enjoy our 12 Jaeger bombs on Saturday. <laughs> I tell you what, that's such a Welsh thing, isn't it? It's like kind of like... Oh yeah, there's a pub in in London where a lot of Welsh people go. You know, the one that you all see from the megabus, as if we've got. Yeah. I know a pub. I saw it through the window. Let's go there. Don't even know where it is. They even know Lazy. what tube station it's near. But I've got to get there. I've got to get there. I also get it to the arse end of nowhere in London. Really, well, it's not the arse end of nowhere. It's just a bit of a fucking mission to get to from where I live. 
I should say, give us the card if you Sorry. Come on, ben. I was literally about to say, from where you are, Ben, isn't that going to be a right pain in the ass to get home from after like six Jaeger bombs as well? Ah, uh, well, the plan is to go to a different bar afterwards that's in Victoria. Then I can get the tube straight up from Victoria <laughs> to Walthamstow, um, which is um, which is more than ideal. No, I looked it up. It's it's, it's like uh, Victoria Line, then Piccadilly Line, or Victoria Line, Piccadilly Line, then the District Line to uh, West Kang. That's just fantastic. That, that sounds easy right. now, but after a few Jaeger bombs, that is it. I'm a homing pigeon. I always make it home. <laughs> I will always make it home. Anyway, people don't want to hear about the logistics of us traveling. Around. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about one last thing before we leave. What whale shirt will you be wearing on Saturday, Tom? Oh, well, I've got a bit of a dilemma due to the fact I need to try them on because uh, I brought one home with me to wear to the Albania game and it did not fit. So, um, Tom, is, it, uh, Tom is six months pregnant. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it does look like that. But um, I think it'll be some mid naughty sorry, mid 90s number, whichever one I've bought an extra large. Dan Price? I've got arriving tomorrow one of the uh, retro remakes of the Adidas kit with the white sleeves. So, oh, very uh, nice. Depending very how nice that idea. looks on me, it'll either be that or the uh, current home shirt because I bloody love that kit. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a nice shirt. I'll be going uh, 94 whale shirt, the, the kind of original green striped red ho- red home jersey. Oh, no. that's the one um, I've got lined up. Shit. Oh, oh we um, look nice. <laughs> maybe I'll buy a retro remake just in case. No, let's um, match. Let's match. No, let's match. That's fine. It's fine. We'll have a lovely time. Anyway, um, that's it for this week's view from the Ninian. If you like what we do, go to our Kofi, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash VFT Ninian. Obviously, it's the summer now. I'm sure we'll be back at some point during the summer to if, if something big happens with Cardiff City when Gareth Bale signs, we'll be back to talk about that then. Uh, keep an eye on our Twitter feed for any Euro-related commentary that comes from us. But for now, Ben Price, I will see you soon. Have a lovely summer, boys. I'm Tom Phillips. I will see you on Saturday. See you Saturday. And apologies to any Cardiff fans who are listening who don't actually support Wales. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few of you, I hear. And until then, see you later, boys. Right. Nearly half time, Cheers. pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage, and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced Fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking. So how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>